Uh-huh. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's March 7, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 180. This is No Agenda. Scouring the lamestream media from all across Gitmo Nation, coming to you from the 17th Century Canal House Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation Lowlands in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, under siege of the United States of Europe. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's sunny again today, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. In the morning to you. Yeah, uh, morning to you. Hey. So how's that diet coming along? Yeah, real funny. <laughs> so, so. That was amazing. I, my, uh, so I'm in Gitmo, Gitmo Nation East over the weekend with my daughter sleeping on the couch, stomping potato chips into her carpet. And all of a sudden, my uh, my phone starts like explode with twitters. God, tell John he's been hacked, or he's going to be really thin. <laughs> I would be. I lose twenty pounds. Hmm. So that'd be my that'd be my my ideal weight. You know what's kind of interesting is that um, I don't think they guessed your password. I don't think that's what happened here. No, a lot of people think it was a, there was two hundred hacks. So somebody thinks that the some root was busted. How about isn't there some kind of JavaScript that you might have clicked on that asked you to log in? And it, uh, nope, called? I don't do that. Because I remember you were having lots of problems logging into Twitter and you'd have to keep entry. It would never keep the credentials and you'd have to keep refreshing and logging in. You sure that didn't happen? No, I never said that. I've never had any trouble logging into Twitter. Yeah, you did. I remember a while ago you had uh, on one machine it would not. No, log the whole in. thing with the Twitter. No, no, no. no okay. I think you, I, you, I either you either misunderstood me, or I wasn't explaining myself correctly. Okay, I've so, never had a situation that would indicate, and I'm always on the lookout for that stuff anyway. Yeah, well, of course you're always on the lookout, but still, so you, there's no, there was no re-login or anything. You think a root server was hacked? Well, that's what some people think. Was your password? You don't seem like the guy who has easy to guess passwords. <laughs> well, in this case, it was. And I could have hacked this password myself because <laughs> when I first joined Twitter, I have a, a, a layers of passwords not, depending on how secure I want something to be. You're not supposed to use password as password, John. You do know <laughs> that, don't password. you? <laughs> but the point is, I have a bunch of skeleton key passwords that I use for lesser sites that I don't think need passwords because I don't care, uh-huh. and I don't want to type in a million you know letters and words. So uh, and when I first joined Twitter, I was still skeptical at the time, uh, and so I used a simple password. I never changed it. I changed it now. Mm-hmm. And you you didn't use that password for anything else, did you? Uh, there were there. It was a skeleton key password that was used uh, on, on a forum, mm-hmm. which you know I rarely log into. Okay, so and you've changed that? No, I don't care. <laughs> You're amazing. I don't care. I mean, what difference does it make if somebody hacks into your into your forum and starts saying, eh, you know, Macintosh sucks? <laughs> there is no evidence that anyone want to use a mouse as a pointing device. You losers. <laughs> well, you know, um, there is a Twitter scam that I can unveil. Something very interesting happened um, that I've not seen reported anywhere except uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Although it does involve Lance Armstrong. Oh, really? Yeah. About, uh, I think, five or six months ago, uh, Miss Mickey uh, started. I, I could see these. she was sending these tweets to someone. She's like, oh, you know, I've got kind of like a Twitter friend, this uh, this girl named Ines. 
And uh, I guess she was, a, I don't know if she was an artist or something, but uh, she had brain cancer. And, you know, so she was twittering back and forth. And, and, and I even said to her at the time, I said, you know, can I just tell you one thing I've learned? It's not a good idea to get emotionally involved with people over the Internet who you don't know in forums or on email. I mean, just it always turns out dumb. If, it, either it's dumb or, um, you know, these people wind up stalking you forever. Right. And, and also, to, you know, you're going to get really emotionally involved in someone if she dies you, and you don't know this person. But, yeah, no, I feel I know the person. So anyway, she's she's a very sensitive person. So I get it. So whatever. Um, so whatever. Yeah. Well, no, I, you know, but I, I kept seeing these tweets and she sent her like a, so she had to, she had this brain tumor. She was really into sports and, uh, she had to go to, um, the hospital, a special brain operation in Salt Lake City, I think. And her family was sending her emails. Just, there was a lot of, a lot of communication going on. And, uh, turns out that this was some woman from the south of Holland who had completely made this profile up. Uh, oh, by the way, well, yeah, so she had completely made the profile up. She had been doing this to hundreds of celebrities, a lot of them Dutch, actually. And, uh, and this woman, I think, was involved in, like, uh, you know, rental property scams in uh, maybe Florida or something like that. But here's the amazing thing, and I actually, I went and uh, Mickey got me this from her email to play for you. She, uh, this woman also scammed Lance Armstrong. And the way the story went is, you know, so she was also twittering with Lance Armstrong and, uh, you know, and, and Lance was twittering back and forth because, of course, you know, this was like a brain cancer or something like that. And, uh, and he sent a video message to this woman. And so the story goes, according to her, quote, family, when uh, Lance sent this video message at the very end, he talks about live strong. That's when she woke up from her coma. After um, after her operation, and I have a copy of the video, which of course I'll put in the show notes at noagendashow.com because it's uh, just interesting that you know that this woman got all the way through to Lance Armstrong. Hi, Ines. It's Lance here. Welcome to you from uh, Hawaii, where we are um, here for a few days training and relaxing and getting ready for the rest of the season. Uh, but more importantly know that uh, that all of us here uh, myself my family little Max all the guys I'm here training with are thinking about you knowing that you're going to do great uh, I know it's been a rough couple of days but uh, uh, we believe in you and we believe in your life and we believe uh, in a long life so hurry up and get well soon and uh, again we have you in our thoughts and prayers and uh, look forward to uh, to spending time with you in the future. Have a great day. I'll see you very soon. And as always, live strong. And so apparently after you said live strong, she opened her eyes and was miraculously awake. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I mean, can't speak, I mean yeah. yeah. I don't even want to talk about but, this. No, but it kind of shows you, you know, this, this how scams work, social media scams. Yeah, and they're not going to get any less of them. I, I mean, as soon as the, I mean, with, this one sounds like it, to me, it has all the earmarks. I mean, you know, the situ, you know, the, there's certain little things to look for. You know, the the I'm not, you know, somebody has cancer getting talking to you, for example, that you don't know them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't they have family and friends? I mean, what, what why they, you know, it just doesn't make it. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. Yeah, and. uh 
I mean, this is like the kid, you know, the one that the, the, the email about the kid, he's, you know, he's in Senegal and he's, he's, he knows, he's, you know, he knows red or he's heard of me and he knows that I'm generous and he, he needs a computer and if oh, I can yeah, send him oh, yeah, a couple yeah. hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, I know this. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I did tell Mickey, I said, you know, if someone sends you an email from Nigeria and uh, they've got like $10 million. $10 million, maybe you should. <laughs> you might want to avoid that one. But anyway, I thought it was interesting that, you know, the uh, this this will become the distraction of the week if the if the mainstream media gets a hold of this uh, of this video. So I figured I'd post it and see what happens. See if, because, uh, you know, it's oh, like, you're oh. going to encourage it. Thank you very much. Yeah, here's, here's, the, here's the headline. Well, it looks like a fake Twitter has got Lance Armstrong by the balls. <laughs> Man, bad joke, bad joke. I know. Whoa, that's terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry. John, who do, can we uh, congratulate as uh, this episode's executive producer or producers? We have a number of uh, of things going on today. Okay. We have a new knight. Holy moly. That's nice. Who happens to coincidentally be the executive producer. It does sometimes work out that way, doesn't it? Yeah. And that is our friend Shane Brady. Of Plattsburgh, Missouri. Shane Brady. Uh, didn't he donate just last week? Yeah, he's been donating. He changed. He oh, wait, did he do it? Did he do three thirty-three? Actually, he finished off his um, his knighthood with two seventy-one seventy-five. Nice. And let's see what he says here. Uh, he wants us to read uh, something. He also says that he, as a libertarian, he says he's our first vegan knight. Oh, wow. This is big news. Uh-huh. <laughs> <And so. laughs> Wait, I think I, shall, I think I shall mark that for the opening of the show. It's, it has potential. <laughs> he says uh, uh-huh. veganism is simply the libertarian principle of non-aggression applied to all sentient creatures. Man, he must be pale. <laughs> I think that he actually we went back and forth on this message. I think that's the I think that's the last message because he first he asked me if I if I would read the. Uh, well, of course, yeah, he's a knight. Of course, we'll read. His yeah, message. so I told him. I, oh, no, he has a, He has an extra sentence. That's right. This is his, fi- his, his final final edit. Veganism is simply the libertarian principle of non-aggression applied to all sentient creatures. John Galt didn't take it far enough. <laughs> okay, right. This, now, this is where he's like pushing it. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. For those of you, by the way, who, uh, who don't understand the reference. By Ayn Rand. There's a new uh, uh, porn movie coming out, Atlas uh, Shagged. Yeah, okay, fail. Next, who's our next executive producer, John? Uh, Alan, oh, I'm sorry, Andrew Blackburn is an associate executive producer from Mount Zion, Illinois, and this is his tax return money. Oh, excellent. This is exactly what we hoped for. Uh, I think we only received maybe... Three, two. two. <laughs> this is the second. This is the <laughs> <Exactly>. third. <laughs> okay, Andrew Blackburn, fantastic. Uh, then we have uh, Justin Vincent from Los Angeles, okay. California. Two, two, two dot two two. Nice. And he wants us to plug tweetminer.com. dot com. T w e e t m i n e r 
dot com, which is a uh, obviously some sort some of a, a search a, engine or a, a Twitter tool. thingy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. And then we have uh, whose name I I asked for a pronunciation. I got uh, Uvi Putze. Uh, oh boy. U W E P U T Z E. He says you might be able to pronounce it better than Ura, I will. Uwe Pitzer. All right, good and enough. Where, and Uwe is from uh, the Netherlands, I presume? No, he's from Remsek, Deutschland. Ah, Uwe couldn't talk. U-W-E? He gave us 250 bucks because he broke up with his girlfriend, and he figures that's what he would have paid for the last <laughs> dinner date. <laughs> wow. Need more of that. Wow, she's expensive. Uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, that's why I probably broke up. So we that's we're funny. the beneficiaries of the breakup. Okay. Uh, and by, by the, the way, way think- yeah, this is good. This is a very good plan. If you break <laughs> up, please spend your last meal ticket, your last uh, investment in hookers and blow on the show. We highly appreciate that. So I was thinking about you know I think the United States, I think we should stop stop calling Deutschland Germany. What what what? What what's the point of it? I think Deutschland most people can pronounce, and I like the word. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, wh- how did it ever get, go from uh, Deutschland to Germany in uh, in English? How is that because of the Germanic part, or because yeah, it, obviously Germanic tribes and German tribes? You know, it probably went back to God knows when. I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, I, I like it. We'll call it Deutschland from now on. Deutschland. Yeah. And you know what? I like the new Deutschers. Deutschers? Yeah, the new Deutschers. Well, we're not can't can't call them Germans anymore. You know, the the, the new generation of Deutschers are great to work with. Mm. There's always been a lot of kind of animosity uh, throughout the years between. Uh, no, they'll get back to that. Don't worry about you know, it. Yeah, you know, we've talked about that. Where the Dutch always make the joke, saying, uh, "Hey, I want my bike back." Where's my bike? <laughs> okay, can we do the uh, ceremonies? Uh, yes, the ceremony for uh, our new knight, uh, Shane Brady from Plattsburgh. Shane Brady, kneel before us as we now knight the Sir Shane Brady. Please enjoy the hookers and blow of the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. It's awesome when we... I, I got to do some work on the knighthood. Uh, it doesn't sound good enough. No, well, you know, it's how, getting there. How are we on the ring? Is there any the such way? thing as ve- a vegan uh, blow? I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. It is based. It's organic. No, it's not organic. Is it? No. Oh well, I don't know. Huh. Um, have we uh, done any research on the rings, John? Because I keep getting tons of email about this. Yeah, I ha- I'm gonna. I'm doing research on the rings daily, and I will be getting somewhere uh, with this project. And I still have to uh, 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 solicit each in- each individual night to make sure that's what they want. So I'm pretty Give sure another that- couple weeks on I'm this. I'm okay? pretty sure they're gonna like it. Anyway, thank you very much to our brand new night, Shane Brady, also uh, the executive producer for episode 180 of No Agenda. So Associate executive producers as we go through the uh, the credit roll: Andrew Blackburn, Justin Vincent, and Ua Putza, our Deutsche uh, associate executive producer, which makes this a very international show, and uh, we're very happy with it. As you know, you can put it on your resume, and you can use this slogan. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. And you know what? The formula is simple, but it really seems to work well. Yeah. Order. Order.
so good on the rings. Hit people in the mouth in Latin. It's going to look great. <laughs> it really will. So there's a story I want to go into some detail on today. Can can I just do a little personal thing before uh, before you do that? Yeah. I uh, was in Gitmo Nation East, uh, known as the uh, United Kingdom, over the weekend, hanging with my daughter. And, uh, wow, man, I hadn't been there in a year, really. Well, I, I was there in August during her birthday, but that was really just like a one-day trip. And now I was out and about uh, town with her in the tube stations, you know, all over the place. And, uh, oh, my goodness. those You know what? My daughter actually said it right because I said, everyone here looks so depressed and angry. And she says, yeah, but they look good doing it, which I think is a fair point because they are pretty fashionable. But uh, it's just it's gotten so depressing. And uh, and the binge drinking has gotten worse. The knife, the knifings have gotten worse. It's uh, it's just absolutely bad. And the news I, I, maybe it's because I haven't watched it in a while. And I really, and I was th- sitting there going to myself, oh man, you know, I, it, the show really does miss something by me not being there because the, they're, they're so good at telling people things. They had Gordon Brown on trial, the Iraq trials. And the only thing they show is like, and every single news station, Sky News, BBC News, you know, all the news stations, they only show like one little snippet of him saying, yep, when uh, the Ministry of Defense asked for more money for our soldiers, we uh, we gave it to him. That's the only thing. And, and he was on trial for like hours. That's all the only thing they showed. And there's no analysis, you know, just a bunch of people doing stand-ups outside of the, the, the building where the inquiry took place. Meanwhile, over on the BBC Parliament channel, for for days, they were um, doing an inquiry about the Climate Gate scandal, which no one was covering at all whatsoever. They had Phil Jones, and it's funny, man. When they do an inquiry in the United Kingdom, they do it in this little room, and they put the desks in a square, kind of like uh, a discussion group at school, and then the stenographer sits in the middle, and it's literally it's like school tables, and you know, and the guy's just sitting there, just like talking out of his rectum. He's like, well, you know, how about uh, this uh, data that you covered up according to the emails? And the guy goes, uh, well, you know, we had this uh, tree ring data and it just didn't quite uh, jive with the data that we were looking at. So we found we were just searching for different ways to make that data look right. And we wrote about that a year ago. And, And like, that's his excuse. Like, you know, they've been manipulating the data for a year ago and they told everybody. And this doesn't get reported at all. It's live on television, but there's no reporting. It's nuts. And no one's questioning anything. My daughter didn't even know about the crotch bomber. This this apparently was not big news what? in the UK. I'm telling you. She knew about Nigel Farage because that apparently was all over the place. She saw that, you know, telling uh, Von Rumpoy, the president of the United States of Europe, that uh, he had the personality of a dish rag. That she knew. But I said, you know, do you notice these new scanners? She said, uh, yeah, yeah, what's up with that? I said, that's because of the crotch bomber. Who? The underpants bomber. What? Oh, my God. So. Huh. Yeah. And then That's we, odd. Yeah, no. I, so, I, in other words, they put these new scanners in and nobody knows the reason why? Exactly. Don't even know it. She, she just like, <laughs> just walked right through. I said, don't you know what this is? And funny, because I had to go through it at Schiphol Airport. And I was with my daughter. That's the only reason why I didn't make a scene. You know, I uh, picked her up here in Amsterdam. We flew back to her house in London. I'm like, oh, I really don't want to go through this thing. But in the, at Schiphol Airport, there's no, no, uh, there is no alternative. 
You go through the naked body scanner, and they're sitting there right on the other side looking at the uh, at the picture. So, so I go through, uh, complaining, right, bitterly complaining, but not making a big scene. I'm like, I just don't want to embarrass my daughter. And I go through, and I, and I turn around the minute I'm through, and there's the, you know, the, uh, the outline, you know, like a little cartoon character. And I had... Uh, my passport and tickets in my back pocket and it shows up and, and I see like this huge orange, you know, stripe from about the middle of my, uh, uh, of my waist, you know, kind of going up across my body. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's my huge cock that you're seeing there. And then, and, the, and the lady goes, Oh, well that's interesting because it's on the backside of your body. I said, that's what I'm saying, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and deep too. And, and, yeah, and they were not amused. They, were, they, they didn't get it. They did not know why I was making fun of them. I tell it's, it's my daughter right there. That, that's a naked body scanner. She says, you're not naked. I said, yeah, this is not the real picture. And then, and you know, these idiots, they don't even know what I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was pretty uh, pretty weird. And just one other thing. We went to see Alice in Wonderland in 3D against my better judgment. And let me tell you something. After having seen this in 3D, John, Alice in Wonderland is awesome, dude. You have to go see it. You know, I saw the movie and it I sucks. Uh, it sucks. I thought the movie was great. Oh. <laughs> You've been assimilated. It, it, no, I, I was looking at the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's interesting because I don't think they had the hidden message in there because the reviews are right down the middle. Everybody either thinks it's great or they think it sucks. No. I happen to be a huge Tim Burton fan, and as far as I'm concerned, he gets a pass on anything he does. So I'm going to like the movie anyway. But the fact of the matter is I think it was a, it was a well-executed film. I think it was paced nicely, and uh, it was fine. I didn't have any problems with it whatsoever. I, I thought it was very entertaining for anyone who wants to like if anybody likes tim burton or johnny depp you have to see this movie okay i like tim burton i like johnny depp i thought that johnny depp was not crazy enough he was not mad enough to be you a know who he was playing no, depp is always known for playing somebody yeah who, um, who was he this time according to well, you Well, you know in the pirates of the caribbean he's playing the, uh, keith, the keith uh, richards yeah keith richards he's playing robert benchley who's that the British actor that always had that lisp, and he was—it was in the fifties. Oh, 50s. sure, sure. Yeah, and he always had okay, a lisp yeah, and he had yeah this that makes crazy sense. Accent. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, a couple of things that were interesting. So, first of all, I love the Cheshire Cat who was Stephen Fry. He did the voice for that, which was just outstanding. What a great casting! I thought the three D made absolutely no sense. I would have loved this movie in two D, and you know the glasses going over my glasses, which actually darkened the, the image because I lifted them up a couple times. Um, I got tired physically from watching the 3D. I thought there were maybe six or seven scenes where it actually made sense that it was 3D when you have like a big landscape. I'm like, okay, that looks kind of nice. Now it's pretty cool. But what was interesting, and along with this comes a conversation I had with uh, Dexter, um, uh, uh, Christina's uh, on-again, off-again boyfriend. Um, there is... Not a single production house, television production house in Gitmo Nation East that isn't producing 3D for television. Sky was advertising in 3D. Their 3D uh, Skybox coming soon. Everyone is producing for 3D. It's, I can, just, it's I, amazing. I, I... 
I was uh, okay. I went to see the movie uh, under slightly different circumstances than you. I was. Uh, this was a pre-screening uh, done by Dolby with the Dolby crew. There's so a Dolby. Uh, uh, and by the way, the sound on the movie I thought was pretty good. I liked the sound effects. It was pretty good. Yeah, because they'd have stuff. I have. They throw something at you, and it would crash behind you. Yeah, that was pretty good. That worked out okay. Uh, but anyway, the uh, so I got I had a long conversation with one of the uh, senior vice presidents uh, and uh, about the, the about the TV thing, and he mentions a, bu- a number of flaws, and the ones that they see uh, at the professional level is that. You can't casually watch 3D on a television. You no. have to. You, have you to can't have the be glasses. like. You got to sit down. You got to sit down. You zone out. And you're completely captivated, which is what this whole thing is about: is to keep make people even stupider. Right, and uh, I, I it, there's a and there's a couple of things about the Dolby 3D system. You know how those glasses work? Uh, I think these are the polarized glasses. Yeah, no, that's that's what you that's what they that's what people. They, it's, 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 I'll tell you this: it's actually too complicated to explain. They're notch filters. Hmm. They're kind of uh, a notch filter set differently. Each filter set slightly differently, and it allows the, uh, the it allows for one lens projection. Okay. Uh, in other words, you're typically the polarizing uh, setup. You have two. Two uh, film projectors, or at least two lenses, shooting uh, with different, with one polarized, the north and south, and one east and west, and then the polarizers, you know, balance it out. Uh, this is done with one lens, and the notch filters essentially each one of them knocks out half of the other, you know, knocks out one half of the image. Now. Um, it does darken it. I, you know, Dolby claims that it actually makes it the colors better. But I'm no, not I disagree. I, I'm not convinced of that at all. I'm I, not I convinced like of it. That. But the thing that I think is the is the interesting kicker is that they have to recycle those glasses. I don't know, and I I never thought to ask because I've never used these before. And the guys were all gone after the movie. But I'm going to ask them next time I talk to them. Those lenses must cost about 150 bucks a pop. Really? I took them with me. I didn't recycle it. I'm like, screw it. I paid 40 pounds for the circle seats. I'm taking my freaking glasses. You probably see you too. You probably, that's why they're usually at the door begging yeah, you to get re, them the glasses. Yeah, they have back. a little box that says, please recycle. You know what it reminded me of, actually, John, this 3D? Because, you know, it's bullshit. It's, it, it reminded me, and uh, probably it will take uh, listeners to this program who, of uh, over the age of 30 to know what I'm talking about. It's like looking through a Viewmaster. <laughs> you know what I remember, though? I mean, for people who don't yeah, know, yeah, Google that Viewmaster. I have an old classic Bakelite model. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like you're looking through a Viewmaster. I'm like, okay, this is like a Viewmaster. Big deal. And by the way, when you're doing 3D, please do not throw shit at me. I don't like it. It's like, ugh. You know, like they throw something at the screen. <laughs> you have to have stuff thrown at you. It's I no don't good like it. No, that. I don't like it. But there were there must have been 15... Trailers and commercials all in 3D, including sports programming coming on Sky. It's like they are going to make the population so dumb. And there's plenty of surveys and studies that you don't want kids watching this. If, if, if you've got young kids watching in 3D, it messes with their brain and the way they perceive the world. It's not good. Would you agree? Uh, let's put it this way. I'm not a big fan of the idea either. I think the story should be able to carry itself with all, all the gimmicks. I think the uh, Tim Burton movie had, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought the movie was great from the moment Tweedledee and Dumb came out. Yeah, who, by the way, was uh, uh, the guy from Little Britain. The two fat kids. Yeah, yeah. 
and the uh, uh, it was a uh, the CG was used very creatively uh, to you know warp people's heads, and uh, I I thought okay. it was a very entertaining film. Here's, it was, it here's was the corn- kicker. Here's the kicker for you. Ready? Okay. There's there's three other people in the world who are going to laugh when I say this. The the Red Queen, Jennifer Cooper. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I guess she was in the original story was the representative of one of the queens that was always killing people. Yeah. So uh, for Cooper, it's funny. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we got more. Re- <laughs> but if, if you if you knew that before you watched the movie, you would be cracking up throughout the whole thing. I within the first second, I'm like, this is Jennifer Cooper. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. It's her. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, you'll be hearing from her attorney in the morning. Yeah, in the morning for sure. All right, John. Uh, so, of course, uh, since I didn't take my laptop, um, I didn't do a whole bunch of prep. But then when I, I got back around uh, three o'clock this afternoon, so I had about uh, two and a half hours. And it's unbelievable the stuff I was still able to uh, assemble thanks to the uh, producers. And by the way, if you're wondering, just send the email to adam at curry.com if you got something that, uh, that you think is of interest for the show. No, send it to John at Dvorak.org. No, Adam at Curry.com because, you know, John will probably either A, miss your email, B, not be able to find it again when he's looking for it, uh, C, well, no, above all, he will mispronounce your name. Adam at Curry.com. Yeah, well, luckily Adam never picks up. He never opens his email. And as I just said, he didn't bring his laptop. So there you have yeah, it. I had my iPhone and I had my whole system of tagging stuff that I want. And um, after we do uh, our uh, our donation drive, I'll talk about uh, something pretty interesting that the producers have really worked very hard on, and uh, something that I will be spending a lot of the coming week uh, researching. So I want to talk about a the distraction of the week. Oh, well. Um, that actually the is the distraction of the week. Hey, on no agenda. That is turning into something of a uh, media scandal, and uh, now they're trying to back off the nut so it's not so much the distraction of the week. Oh, okay. Well, what is it, John? It's the Pentagon shooter. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've, I've got some. Uh... This happened, uh, I guess, uh, the day after the last show. It happened on Friday, I think. And uh, I'm pretty sure I know where you're going to go with this. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. One of the things that's interesting about this, it follows the pattern of uh, a, a certain pattern that has shown up on some of these distractions of the week. And the one that always, and the one that, and it's like almost like code. It's like you look for this and then you'll see, and this has happened with the crotch bomber. It's happened with every distraction of the week. And this, and this one, in this case, <laughs> is in the, in the uh, Wall Street Journal. It says, Pentagon shooter's parents warned police. Oh really? So, oh, this, oh, this is just like the crotch bomber. Amazing. And it was like the uh, two or three other things that there's somebody warning police, and uh, you know that's just kind of code for this whole story. Something is sketchy about it. Now, what's sketchy about this story is that 
that the details of the reason, rationale for this guy, for whatever, why, why he was going there in the first place, we don't know, because they killed him. There's also uh, accounts of the two shot uh, guards uh, are both, they were shot and killed, or they were shot and injured. And, and there's actually accounts on the, on the net, on, in the news right now, saying one of both. So, um, so the, uh, the, two, the two memes I picked up on were, A... He was ment no three actually a mentally ill, uh, b mentally ill because he uh, talked about uh, conspiracy theories and uh, had a podcast which like okay, and, then, <laughs> and there's one other that I want but the third one of course is marijuana that's all over the place and I've yeah seen- now I've I've written to the uh, Wall Street Journal writers about this oh I love it you're uh- like my grandfather. You sit there like tapping away, like I'm angry, I'm pissed off. No, I'm asking him where they got this marijuana meme because I don't see any evidence of it. Now he had a wiki user page that they cite, which has been taken down. But luckily, there's a website called the Wikipedian, and this guy uh, monitors all these personal wiki sites, Mm -hmm. which are used to promote one thing or another. And uh, the interest, the most interesting thing, and I'm going to go right to. to the end of this research and then walk through it backwards. The, uh, the, uh, this guy whose name is Bedell, uh, shot dead, of course. Uh, he was preoccupied, not with 9 11. He wasn't preoccupied. He was not preoccupied with drugs like the Wall Street Journal claims. The Wall Street Journal claims he was preoccupied with drugs and marijuana in particular, and that drove him over the edge. Uh, Fox News, and I have a clip from Geraldo. Mm-hmm. You can play the Geraldo teaser right here, and then we can play the long clip later. And the truth about the 9-11 truther who shot and killed after he attempted murder at the Pentagon. But up front tonight, who is trying to hurt the Hurt Locker? Yeah. <sighs> You so know, anyway, there was an ABC right, there was an ABC news report about the marijuana. Tell me when you're ready for that, and I'll play that one. Okay, now here's well the marijuana thing we could play probably anytime, but let me tell you what the story is really about. And and now there's evidence that it was pulled, and I don't have the exact proof of this, but the writer at the Salem Oregon paper, um, the Salem News. Uh, said that they're looking for a, a possibly a copy of it. They may have so, it in so their now, files. Geraldo literally just said the 9-11 truther at the Pentagon. So yeah. I just want to remind our listeners, some of you are new to this program, this is what we do. We pull apart the messages that are being programmed into your freaking brain by the mainstream media. It's being programmed. They are telling you what to think, and we are, I think, thankfully, helping you to see through the BS. So, the the guy, this character, was actually preoccupied with the death, the mysterious death of Marine Colonel Jim Sabow. Oh, interesting. Okay. His wiki page was nothing but this situation. He was convinced that the guy was murdered by the military and... His brother, who was quoted in the Oregon papers and a few other places, who, who confirms this, has the, had a couple of interesting things to say. First of all, the Wall Street Journal mentioned this in this first reporting of the shooting and then pulled it. So to explain who this, uh, this serviceman is so that people understand the background. 
Uh, well, Colonel Sabau, apparently, I think it was around 1991. You can look him up. He's in Wikipedia, and we have show notes, I think, that, that, that link to it. He uh, disappeared because he, uh, or he was shot or killed or committed suicide. suicide. It was, it was, it was a, I think it was a shotgun to the head twice. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, seriously. It was like... He, because he, he was going to turn state's evidence on some drug running done by the government. Exactly. Uh, I would call this Mena, Arkansas. M-E-N-A. Have a look. Now, the thing... So, 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 uh, so Sabau's brother, who's a doctor, Dr. David Sabau, uh, he's been uh, talking to people about this because he knows for a fact what was going on. And the, I'm going to just read a little seg- segment from this Tom King report. Uh, the government tried to do everything possible to end David's quest for information about his brother. And the DEA even tried to take Dr. Sabau down through a setup. A woman who was his patient refused. Apparently she was offered some if she would just get him to give her a bad prescription or, or more drugs or something that you know that right, it's like bringing down Al, Cap- Al Capone on uh, tax uh, tax fraud charges. Just to get him out of the way, because apparently David Sabau is a pest about this. He says he doesn't really know this Bedell character, but he did know that he had a bunch of pages up posted uh, complaining about the government cover up. Uh, meanwhile, uh, this patient of of. Sabau, Dr. Sabau, uh, told Sabau, and they went right immediately to a and got a whole bunch of uh, uh, orders filed and affidavits filed showing that the DEA was in on some sort of a scam to screw this guy. Now, this isn't good news for anybody if this is going on. Meanwhile, uh, Brian Williams opened, according to the article, Brian Williams opened the NBC evening. And by the way, uh, Dr. Sabau has a quote in here saying they are once again trying to scrub my brother's name from the copy as he referred to the Wall Street Journal article that swapped him out of, you know, the editors took his name out and put this marijuana crap in there. And I haven't heard back from any of these people. And I know what they're going to say anyway. They're just to tell me to screw myself, even though I work for the same company. Tonight, pseudo-journalist Brian Williams opened the NBC Evening News and talked about how Bedell was deranged and disturbed. He tossed it to Jim Michalewski, who talked about how the shooter believed the U.S. government was behind 9-11, which is a theory subscribed to by some of the country's top engineers and professors. Not one reference to Colonel Sabau. Anyway, so so it's all about it. So anyway, so this has been completely expunged. The whole the public is being screwed over with this bogus story. And then when it finally boils down, we have this report, which I'm going to play now of, of Geraldo with guess who uh, uh, coming in who. to kind of fill time. I know who our buddy Alex <laughs> Jones. And we play this. We play this whole, we play this no whole thing. He's in there. You're going to get a kick out of this one. We have, and besides that, they have some woman that came on who I don't know who where Geraldo got her. For one thing, she's she's atypical of Fox News because she's a brunette. Now let me let me let me just say one thing. So what uh, Alex Jones? I haven't heard this clip, but I know that Alex Jones um, is saying that uh, the whole setup is to discredit 9/11 truthers. Yeah. Uh, by having them uh, try and attempt crazy stuff like, you know, going to the Pentagon and trying to shoot, shoot your way in. So that's been his that, he's been on that trip for, I, I would say, three to four weeks. He's been talking about this. And although I have not heard his show recently, I'm quite convinced that he's saying right now, see, I told you 
this is what's happening. They're blaming 9-11 truthers on, uh, on this yeah. violence. And yeah. he's also predicting that uh, President Obama, that there will be an assassination attempt. Well, no, he didn't do that. So now the thing that happened, I don't think he's allowed to do that. This is no, he's on, really his, on his own show. On his, on, his, on his own show, he's doing that. Oh, on his own show, maybe. Yeah. Now, one of the things that's interesting, though, I have to say this woman that Geraldo picked out, is she is absolutely stunning. <laughs> she has nothing to say. She's an empty, she's more empty-headed She's an MK Ultra uh, uh, drone. I love that. These are the Her. presidential models. These are the hot ones. I love she's these. She's definitely in that category. But, <laughs> but, uh, but she chimes in and says nothing, and then uh, he it goes back and forth, but you hear a lot of the... Uh, you hear a lot of this, um, you know, they just completely wipe, take this Colonel Sabal thing and push it under the carpet. Now, I have to say the Wikipedian captured most of all his wiki pages that have been expunged and killed from Wikipedia after this happened. Of course. They all disappeared. And, but they, 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 they have most of them, uh, and they have some links to some edit pages and there was no marijuana stuff it was all about Sabah. this guy was preoccupied with Sabah. it's the obvious reason he was going to the pentagon it's possible he was invited to come and the whole thing was a setup to kill the guy let me before we get to the geraldo alex jones let me just play for you abc news this is the reporting that most people will see and listen very carefully because you are also in grave danger john i mean we know that i'm in danger because i'm a crackpot and because i'm a i think 9-11 was an inside job and all this stuff, and, uh, and we do podcasts on the internet, and I'm a well-known ex-marijuana smoker. But you are also being targeted, my friend, and you will hear why, and then we'll get to your Geraldo clip. Is that okay? Go for it. And now we turn to that heavily armed young man who died in a wild gunfight outside the Pentagon. We learned today that he had sent warnings. John Patrick Bedell's worried parents telling police he was mentally unbalanced. Martha Raddatz at the Pentagon tonight with what happened at the end of his cross-country odyssey. By the way, I love that cross-country odyssey. That's a fan. Yeah. What, that's well yeah. written. Okay, now listen. John Patrick Bedell's cross-country trek ended here in a hail of bullets. He approached the Pentagon officers wearing a suit and a coat, carrying two semi-automatic handguns and loads of extra ammunition. He was very calm. There was no um, distress in his appearance. Uh, he walked very, very directly to the officers and engaged. The officers shot Bedell in the head. It was essentially a suicide mission. One his parents and police said today was fueled by mental illness and marijuana. Mar Bedell was once considered a brilliant engineering student at San Jose State University. But on a recent YouTube video, he sounded confused at best. Information currency units can be used to create verification certificates. And there were postings laced with conspiracy theories about 9-11 and government corruption. There are those, even in positions of great power and responsibility, who usurp the banner of freedom in order to justify their wicked schemes of theft, murder, and enslavement. Since 2004, Bedell had been treated for bipolar disorder, depression and anxiety that he had tried to alleviate with marijuana. That's two. In 2006, Bedell was arrested for growing marijuana. That's three. We talked to a close friend of the family today. Hold on, stand by. He was a very, very gentle young man. He seemed to me that he was just in denial. 
that he had some kind of problem with marijuana. That, and then, four. beginning January... Now, listen closely, John, because here's where you are in grave danger, my friend. February 3rd, alarm bells. On a highway in Texas, Bedell is pulled over for speeding. The highway patrolman calls his parents to say he was concerned about him. He stops him for simple speed, but apparently the inside of the vehicle was in disarray. There you go. John... <laughs> The inside of the vehicle hey. was in disarray. If anyone knows John Very C. Dvorak, funny. if anyone knows John C. Dvorak, dude, if you get pulled over, without a doubt, your parents are getting a call because the inside of your car is in severe disarray. You are going down. Oh, brother. All right, that was it. So, four, okay, yeah, so they pulled the marijuana. Now, we, if anyone listens to the show more more than once or twice, we know that they're pulling this marijuana stunt to try to kill the marijuana bill in California. So they're adding the marijuana issue to anything they can to show that it makes you crazy. Yeah, there's also uh, in the show notes, I won't play it, there's a YouTube video of uh, Anderson uh, Vanderbilt 360 Cooper, uh, who also talks about uh, marijuana. Yeah. Yeah, there is an all-out of, uh, assault on marijuana. Of course, this story, of course, is not being accurately reported in any way. And by the way, that that thing he was that guy they had a quote from the uh, from the Bedell character about something about uh, using uh, information as a monetary instrument. That's yeah. actually what he was working on. He yeah, has it, absolutely. Yeah, that was his thing. It was a, it was working on uh, somehow doing default credit swap, inventing some sort of new form of default credit swap or something yeah, to, crazy to, to, to take everything down. No, it was it, I think it was a brilliant idea. It was to uh, to basically bankrupt Goldman Sachs. Meanwhile, if you read another one or two of the reports that were written by the mainstream media, uh, claimed that he was working on a. Uh, on the same kind of a thing, some sort of money trading scheme using pot marijuana. <laughs> I'm all over that, buddy. I'm all over that. All right, let's now, just do the one, the one interesting, The one interesting anomaly besides the fact that the mainstream media has literally covered the story up about the, the, the murder of uh, Sabau uh, being at the root of the whole thing uh, is that the, this Bedell character was into, you know, they say, well, 9-11 truth. That wasn't just it. He, what, he, there was a long, he wrote a bunch of articles on the wiki and elsewhere about all the laundry list of things of, from mind control to 9-11. Yeah, to like this, me, that. MK Ultra, Inside oh, Job. So he, wrote, he basically was, he was just in that, that group of people, many of our <laughs> listeners, uh, that was just following all this stuff to an extreme, except he was on the say about thing mostly. But he did have the thing. He did also was, had his thing about the CIA having already had taken over the country, what, which is what Ron Paul had claimed in a clip that we played a few weeks back. But he has he, what's interesting about his assertion is that he has it dated as 1963, as when the CIA took over. Yeah. Oh, I oh, dude, I so believe it. I, I am Tom, I'm right there. I'm right there. Oh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I was looking and looking and looking. And I'll and I tell you why. And I'll tell you why. And you must read the book, Family of Secrets. Let me ask you one question, John. Where were you when President John F. Kennedy was assassinated? I was in a chemistry class. You know exactly where you were, right? Yeah. Do you know the one guy in America who does not remember where he was the day? President Kennedy was assassinated. Do you know who that was? Who literally has said publicly, I can't remember? Lyndon Johnson. No. George Bush Sr. 
Really? And meanwhile, if you look at the at the accounts and there's actual and this is a great book, Family of Secrets, he was in Dallas when that took place and he was already a CIA operative at that time. So 1963 makes total sense and something coming up after donations ties right into that. Mm. But All this right, guy well. said publicly, I can't remember. It was such a confusing time. The guy was in Dallas because the CIA <laughs> off the president. That's what happened. So, yes, a 63 is a, oh, my God, I, you know what's going to happen to me. <laughs> Let me just say publicly, there's no way I'm going to suicide myself. Have you seen Mickey? There's no freaking way. I'm all for hookers and blow. Hookers and blow. I love it. I love it. I love life. No, it's not going to happen. Now they'll just plant some white powder on you. That'll be the end of it. Sure. Hey, and by the way, there's a, here's another anomaly, by the way. I don't, and I can't for the life of me figure this one out. So the, uh, there's a one piece, uh, the title is from the Associated Press, which covered this rather they I don't think they even put the say about thing in anywhere to, to pull it like the Wall Street Journal did. Uh, but there's a piece floating around. You can look it up. It's on Huffington. Uh, when raw anger at government turns violent. And it's, it's, it's kind of a, a piece that soft pedals uh, this as just part of a, of a trend <coughs> of let me just read you a couple of quotes from the thing. His poisonous view of the oh, government appears oh, well out on the extreme until you see – this is an interesting uh, sentence, by the way. It's an M dash and says, until you see what some people close to the center of power are saying these days. And then they start going after various Republicans and Democrats who are just saying stuff like uh, Republican Senator Jim DeMint of South Carolina says to the CPAC, he says, America is teetering towards tyranny. This is an example of something that should not be said. And who wrote uh, that? This is written. This is what's interesting about this. This was written by a, a kind of a, a beat writer uh, for the Associated Press. I think she might be out of Atlanta. I'm not, not sure. Eileen Sullivan. Now, she, this article, by the way, is when raw anger, anger at government turns violence, very propagandistic. It appeared, I think, the Atlanta Constitution, if I'm not mistaken, it may have been elsewhere. But, but when it appeared in Huffington, it appeared with a co-writer, a co-author named Calvin Woodward. And Woodward seems to be a kind of a hit piece oriented guy is older. Now, Calvin Wood, now it says Calvin Woodward and Eileen Sullivan. In, only in the Huffington Post. So I took the, the article and printed it out on a big sheet so I could put it side by side to see what they added to the article. Nothing. I thought, well, I'm going to find something cool here. And there's no, there's not one single comma that's changed. Hmm. So why was Calvin Woodward's name added to this article in the Huffington Post? I have no, it's, it's baffling to me. You know, John. Do you, you do realize that the CIA is all over the media, including Huffington Post? Oh, yeah. I mean, the CIA is in every single mainstream media outlet. And I, this is what I wanted to tell you. Uh, you know, we're going to have a private dinner. I'm going to tell you some things that relate to my family. But this is what I'll never hear it. I never see him again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> It'll be very unfortunate uh, accident John had. He was showing me his gun and it went off. Very unfortunate. <laughs> Dwork was carried off in handcuffs. So do we're shooting the, his friend do at, we, over a fight <laughs> over a woman. <laughs> Hookers and blow. As long as they put hookers and blow in the morning, then, then I'll be okay <laughs> the with morning. it. Should we play this Alex Jones uh, Geraldo clip?
Yeah, I think it'll be highly amusing. Don't forget, here again, we, we completely smokescreen everything and just throw this crap out there with the crazy Alex Jones and that gravelly voice. Once a star student at San Jose State, 36-year-old John Patrick Bedell, the man who opened fire in front of the Pentagon last week, was a manic, depressive pothead fascinated with conspiracy theories involving 9-11. I am so dead. We still don't know why he shot the two Pentagon guards before being shot and killed himself, but we do note that a blog connected to him suggests a criminal enterprise run out of the government could have staged the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. And that connection to the so-called 9-11 truthers is making their movement seem even more like a part of the lunatic fringe. But is that fair? Joining Kimberly and me from Austin. Oh, Kimberly, I know exactly who that is. Yeah. Info, babage. Texas, the same town, incidentally, where a tax protester recently crashed his plane into the IRS building. His radio host and a leader of the 9-11 was an inside job movement, uh, Alex Jones. Alex, uh, welcome. The Tea Party people shook off that IRS plane crash incident after a couple of days. Do you think you'll be similarly successful or will Bedell's uh, misdeeds stick to the 9-11 truther people? Well, uh, the plane crash guy had been a Democrat and was angry at the government. And this Bedell guy, uh, I mean, look, he had hundreds of different beliefs. And some national polls show half of Americans, six of the 10 9-11 commissioners, question the official story. There's a wide spectrum of uh, different debates. 9-11 truth, most people just question the official story, prior knowledge, and other issues. But the bigger question here is, why within one hour was national news reporting that the Pentagon shooter was a 9-11 truther? Uh, I mean, why is there such a vitriol by the establishment against 9-11 truth? I mean, right here I have ABC News. U.S. military wanted to provoke war with Cuba. U.S. military drafted plans to terrorize U.S. cities, staged terror attacks. We know the Gulf of Tonkin was staged. So we know that governments allow attacks to happen. We know that governments uh, sometimes uh, actually stage attacks. We know that the underwear bomber on Christmas Day, uh, the State Department admits they were ordered by U.S. intelligence to let him on the plane, help him get on the plane. So in a lot of cases, they open the door. That's what 9-11 Truth is saying, is that this is being used to demonize us. Uh, but uh, So we don't know what the truth is about this guy. I mean, he okay. was into marijuana. Let's, let's bring Kimberly into the discussion. The guy yeah. was into pot. Right. We have to let the information settle in your brain. So look at some boobs for a second. And then just go, ah, yeah. It's like, it's like Homer Simpson. Yeah, no, it's actually the tech. That is the technique. That's a perfect you tech. It's, you know, John, we need a hot. Ch- oh, shoot. It's only audio. That's too bad. Well, you can get someone with a nice voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Adam and John. Well, everyone's thinking about what you just said. It sounds like Alex is, is like, you know, I don't want to say it, man. But OK, let, let's let's continue. Let's listen to Kimberly. Hmm. He was a manic depressive. Uh, but do you, is Alex overreacting or is the 9-11 connection relevant? Right. I think it's an overreaction, but also you're making some very serious allegations against the U.S. government. By the way, I'd like to point something out here. It is a golden rule in radio. When women have a hot voice, they're double baggers. Listen to her voice. It's annoying. It's a horrible voice, which means she's super hot. Is this not the rule, John? Uh, it seems to be. 
government saying that they stage attacks, they allow them to occur in the United States against U.S. Must citizens. Must be classified. What? No, what evidence do you have to support any of that? Well, the Gulf of Tonkin is, is very, very well documented. But I mean, what are you talking about? Hold on. It's in <laughs> Army field manuals to stage false flag attacks declassified 2004. But separately, why within one hour were scores of newspapers and TV? You tell us, Alice, why do you the shooting? What's they the were answer? demonizing 9-11 truth. Why are they so scared of 9-11 truth? Why did they do that? Within one hour, why did they bring 9-11 truth out? Why did they blame the plane crash uh, with Joe Stack on the Tea Parties? Back up a second and, and just take a deep breath. Why would he attack the Pentagon? What aspect of his life would make him uh, manifest it with that kind of violence against the uh, the Defense Department establishment? Why? Why there? Here's, Why not here's the Fox Health News. and Human here's Services Fo- okay. uh, uh, Department? Let me tell you. Here's Fox News. Here's Fox News. His parents, two weeks before, warned the government nothing was done. Same thing with the Fort Hood shooter. Same thing with the underwear bomber. Uh, I mean, the guy was obviously a complete lunatic. I mean, look at video of the guy. He looks like he's a nut from Central Casting. He obviously had millions of screws loose here. Okay? I mean, maybe he was a lone nut. Maybe he was. The The point is to try to, within one hour, demonize 9-11 truth. This stinks to high heaven. That's what we cover at InfoWars.com, Araldo, and I'm glad you covered this. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm down with you, John. I, I think the guy was invited. That's why he had his nice suit on. They were like, why don't you come in? We want to talk to you about this. Cause, and, of course, you're right. There's, there's nothing at all about the colonel in this. I, I think you're really onto something. You know what? Oh, memo to self. If, 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 if I receive an invitation from the White House or the Pentagon, uh, don't go. <laughs> don't go. Yeah, that's my guess, too. Oh, we'd wow. like to have a chat with you about Colonel yeah, Sabo. Yeah, can just, you come uh, in? Yeah, we have come a meeting schedule for such and such a time. He goes in there. They All of a sudden, they, I like to hear from somebody in the area how they cleared the area. They clear the area, shoot the guy down, put two guns on him or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or even oh, they maybe planted had, it easily. Maybe he didn't. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know anything. That's the point. All we do know is that they scrub the story. Meanwhile, if you are interested in uh, 9-11 Truth, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth have released a new video, a link in the show notes at noagendashow.com under the heading False Flag. The YouTube video um, called Let Me Know When You See Fire, which is uh, the final 10 minutes before the collapse of the first World Trade Center building. And it is uh, essentially, well, it's only nine minutes because that's all the last minute is is not available of uh, the firemen's audio of the radio transmissions who are everywhere from the 70th up until the 83rd floor. And all they're talking about is a couple of small fires they can put out easily with one or two hoses. WTC seven won't go away. Hey, by the way, there's one more anomaly I want to mention. In all the reports, and you heard him say it over and over again, San Jose State, San Jose State, San Jose State. I don't know why they're doing this. This is kind of code. His actual graduation was from, of all places, which makes sense with the pot, University of California, Santa Cruz. Uh, he got a BS in physics there. And then he attended San Jose State studying biochemistry for one year. Hmm. So I don't know what the deal is on that. I think, you know, possibly because the University of California is involved with, you know, something or other. They didn't want to, you know, smear their name by, by any means. So they figured out San Jose State. They haven't been playing ball with us anyway. So let's just make it make him from San Jose State. 
So this is exactly what you pay for, people. This is how, this is what you support this show for is uh, for us to be able to delve into stuff and spend time on it. And uh, John, I really like this. Uh, you please do send me the links to. Um, They're uh, actually on your uh, Skype right now. Okay, this is the uh, the scrubbed wiki stuff and all that. I mean, that, that's fascinating, you know. And of yeah. course, and of course, you know, no one's going to say anything about the authenticity or um, validity of Wikipedia, which, of course, is crap. It's total crap. Because, you know, it's like it's taken down, all the edits are gone. It's like it's scrubbed. That's the, that's the correct word. It's completely scrubbed. The true reason why this guy was there, either by invitation or by insanity, either way. So I do have one funny little aside before we go into our uh, some of our pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me find it. Uh, so I'm researching these the writers on the Wall Street Journal, which are uh, Yochi Driesen, T.W. Farnham, and Stu Wu, who wrote the uh, the piece. Stu in the Wu. Journal. Wait a minute, Stu Wu. Where do I know that name from? I don't know. Stu Wu. Oh, I, was, I don't know. I think it's. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um. Was it here? Let me just check something. Stu Wu. Uh, did he write a book? No, he might have. I thought I had another. Well, I'll have to look. You go ahead and talk about it. It, t- it took like three people to write this article, and then I think at the end they name a number. Another one, uh, Louise Rudnovsky and Justin Sheck contributed to this article. How many people need to write this sort of thing. Well, just think about how many people are actually on the CIA payroll at the Wall Street Journal. That's what's going on there. They're all, you know, they get paid by the by the placement, I guess. So, so I found this very amusing piece. Uh, uh, but, so I started looking up all these writers. I found this. This I found a stub that apparently has been sitting on the University of Pennsylvania server for I don't know how long, because it was years ago that Yochi Driesen was, I guess, the editor, the news editor of the DP dot com, the Daily Pennsylvanian. <laughs> and so his friend Amy Lipman wrote his little description that's in that was I guess when he was at the paper mm-hmm. and it's it's actually worth reading his little colophon blurb it's a little little bio. Uh, quote, he is so dedicated to his friends. I don't know how he finds the time to be so dedicated to the paper as well, remarked College Junior and friend Ely Holler. The same attitude carries over to his love life. Friends reveal that Driesen is is with between 15 and 50 girls. Yeah, hey. I, I'm, I'm with this guy now. <laughs> Penn Hillel, from Penn Hillel alone. One friend estimated that Yochi has more women than articles he writes, but that seems highly unlikely considering that he wrote an impressive 125 articles during his two semesters as a beat reporter. However, it is worth mentioning that his dorm room vaguely resembles a brothel <laughs> with his green velour bedspread and a whip hanging on the wall. Nice. <laughs> Could this be the same person Haller, Haller described as a big teddy bear? Yes, according to another close friend who explained that there are two Yochis, the good Yochi and the bad Yochi. She said as long as possible, no, she says as long as people operate the two, he's an all-around great guy. A friend from high school said he was known as Big Yoch. <laughs> Around the greater Chicago area, in part because he was everyone's big brother and best friend. She wouldn't elaborate, but she did hint that there was another meaning behind the nickname. Yeah, duh. (laughs) 
which is to accounts for all those women on the on a perhaps not by the way in the Wall Street Journal girls might might want to know this on a uh, perhaps not so unrelated note several sources close to the new city editor have confirmed that he has silver dollar sized nipples okay now now I'm grossed out now I'm done now, now I'm this done is why this. I'm going to tell everybody something this is a lesson to be learned do not put this sort of thing on the internet <laughs> it's still posted <laughs> Yeah, if you've got silver dollar sized nipples, don't be putting that on the net, okay? That's bad. So, Yochi, go find these people at the dp.com and have them take this post down. The whole idea that it's called dp.com is pretty funny, too. <laughs> yeah, dp.com. So, let me just play this little bit from uh, a- Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper. He has this, uh, this guy on John, this is the guy I was thinking of, John Avalon. Uh, who has written a couple of books. Listen to what he has to say about this whole thing. All right, let's dig deeper. My next guest calls the Pentagon. Yeah, this is the segment Digging Deeper, by the way. Anderson Cooper, Digging Deeper. Nice. Oh, digging Deeper. Digging Deeper. Gone shooting suspect, the latest example of a suicidal warrior in an anti-government movement that spread. I love it. Suicidal warrior in an anti-government movement. Fantastic. Fantastic, Mr. Vanderbilt. Spreading since President Obama took office. John Avalon is the author of Wingnuts, How the Lunatic Fringe is Hijacking America. He's also a senior political writer for The Daily Beast. And he's apparently, well, never mind. It's interesting, John, because there has been effort to paint <laughs> this guy as a right-wing fanatic. Um, but, but you say this is less about left, left-right politics, more about conspiracy theories gone awry. That, that's exactly right. If you look at what this guy's been posting about on his website, he's not screaming about President Obama per se. He is angry at the government. He's talking about 9-11 conspiracy theories. He's talking about Dick Cheney more than he is President Obama. He's talking about even the JFK con- uh, conspiracy theories around that assassination. So what you've got here is clearly a guy who's very mentally disturbed, but he's been drinking really <laughs> I, lo- I love that link. You're talking about the uh, JFK assassination, which th- Oliver Stone made a movie about it. So clearly the guy is very disturbed. Well, You're disturbed. disturbed. You're crazy. You completely need you to the head. Basically what I call fright-wing politics. It's way beyond left and right. It's really that murky ground of conspiracy theories that's been proliferating on the internet and inciting some people to take it a step too far towards violence. Yeah, all right. Well, go look at that. Fright wing. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, these guys are setting it up. They're they're told they're getting. This is awesome. Awesome. Thank goodness, John. There's us to uh, pick apart what's what's being told. Through the mainstream the media. Yeah, it's total lies. Lies, lies. Oh, we got to say it three times. Lies, 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 and lies for good measure. Indeed. It's, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And, uh, well, luckily we have a lot of people. Well, a lot. We have, uh, you know what? You know what, re- you know what we really need to do? There's either two ways we can stay alive. One is we stay very small. And very under the radar, and no one cares about us. Or and we go broke, or, or, or we go broke or, which is, by the way, is the trend. Or we have to become multi-millionaires and be so outrageous that people can just dismiss us, and we'll still get some of our message through. That's the only two ways it can go. If we actually start yeah. making too much sense, then you know, look, you know, I got more life to live. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> well, Holy I know Lord. this is that uh, we're probably, you know, we probably could stumble across one of these stories every week, especially if we start digging deeper into the nothing to see here stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got I got one of those coming up. But OK, so let's go over some of our, our, our donors this week. 
And we did close the book on the stream, so I'll, we'll be posting within two weeks the names of everybody that donated to that. <clears throat> uh, although there's a couple people that are still going to get on the list, but they have to do some, they can't get the money out they of there. They must dance, they monkey boy. can't work with PayPal. I'm going to do some direct deposits to the No Agenda uh, show checking account. Oh. And, and I'll get back to those people. Anyway, okay. floppydisk.com. Uh, $144. They recycle. Go to floppydisk.com. They give you money for floppy disks that you recycle if you have any left. And then they're going to give a couple of pennies from to the No Agenda show when they get oh, some. That's, that's very nice. David Alston, $50 from Yukon, Oklahoma. He likes the, the uh, DSC and uh, he says we ask for money more often than the Southern Baptist Church. No, we do not. And uh, week after next is when I'm pegging the return of DSC. Not this week, because I still have, you know, like, uh, what is it called? Oh, yeah, a job, uh, and, I, and I've been away, so I've got a lot of catching up to do, but I'm going to work nights. That's not uh, like I'm working the nights, but I'm actually going to work nights to catch up, and then next week I'm going to bring back the DSC on the stream and on the podcast. <clears throat> I also want to thank Tristan Leonard, Mike uh, Westerfield, Lisa Lang, uh, Travis Wynn, and John Trainer as they move forward toward their knighthood. James McAllister gave us $50.50. He's from Kitchener, Ontario. And he came in after he was called out for being a douchebag, I guess. Oh, boy. I forgot. I didn't even have a key. Eric Newworth, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H, Neuworth or Newworth, depending, from Frisco, Texas. Yay, he Frisco. gave us um, sixty nine sixty nine, a fine number, this and he has, something called the infected, he has something called the InfectedShow.com. Check it out. Oh, cool. Uh, Kyle Vincent, uh, Gothenburg, Nebraska, 99, uh, 99, and we'll talk about him because he's a teacher, and he has uh, apparently this high school he's at has got a bunch of kids who listen to No Agenda. Is this, is, is this the guy who had the kid who does the media assassination? Yeah. Yeah, and he, oh, by the way, we're supposed to name that kid. Oh, this kid, uh, yeah, he's a, 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 a PR associate. Yeah. Just listen to this kid for just for one second. Yeah. Um, do I have his name? Oh, yeah, it's Daniel, I think. Yeah. Let me just let me just play a little bit of it. This is what he's doing. Is it like is this like um, he's doing this in public, right in front of the class? Well, this is competitive public speaking. This is a type of public speaking where you make these r really deep arguments and then you get into a debate. They tend to uh, listen to this kid. Just just a couple. Just his setup is so beautiful. Get their main point. Okay, we're going. Breaking news. The king of pop flies over Colorado in a homemade balloon, landing in a golf course surrounded by 14 women. Outrageous? Yes, but this is what passes for news lately. This is just a mere sample of what has been at the forefront of the media's attention in the past six months. However, none of these events has any effect on our personal lives. Contrast this with a bill in the legislature that will profoundly change how we will receive health care in this country.
This kid, this kid is so good. I'm, I'm wondering if I should post that. Is it okay if I post that in well, the show he's notes? Got, well, I think he's got, he's got two iterations of it, and then he's, he hasn't finalized it yet. Just wait, we'll wait the for the final. We wait for the final. But he doesn't. He has, the final he has, post and people can listen. It's actually it has it's it's very well structured. Anyway, the uh, Kyle uh, gave us ninety nine ninety nine, and uh, and he also is, said that was for tea and crumpets since uh, he works at a school. He could not uh, uh, say the donation was for hookers and blow. Yeah, heaven forbid. Uh, so 333 times 3. Uh, Nick Simmons in Ottawa, uh, 8161, uh, which is the code for H1N1. And he said he wants us to make sure that we make note that according to all the articles, I think in the uh, uh, British papers are covering this, that there will, there will be, uh, for the World Cup in South Africa, 40,000 hookers in attendance. <laughs> That's what it says. We are in the wrong game. If only we'd learned <laughs> to kick a ball, I would have been so much better. Yeah, 40,000 hookers. Instead, well, here we are begging for money. <laughs> uh, let me let me mention one. Now, from West Perth, of all, $101.01 said from West Perth, Fat Tony Zadonik uh, sent us $101.01. Fat Tony, thanks. Scott Farland in Ren for sure. UK. Uh, he donated five dollars and then got a job, so he sent us fifty. Ah, fantastic! And that kind of karma will come to you. Let me just uh, mention Tom Bushy, uh, who sent me a note and just wanted his name correct. It's not Bushy, but it's Bushy, and he is the inventor of the double nickels on the dime uh, uh, donation. He says he can't afford to be a knight at the moment, but he would uh, like to found the No Agenda Minutemen. Uh, he suggests that to be a member of the No Agenda Minutemen, you need to donate $55.10, that double nickels on the dime. And then they have to make a solemn pledge to be willing to come to the aid of Crackpot, the Buzzkill, or any No Agenda Knight. So it's kind of like a, um, like a royal guard uh, on a minute's notice. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, you'll get a patch. For your uh, jacket, <laughs> for your donation. So I like that double nickels on the dime. So along with the ring, we have to uh, uh, get we're the double nickels on the dime. Us do work now. Okay, no, great. all right. You know what? But we're we're, we're no, going to we'll make do, money. We'll we're going to do this. Oh, one of the double nickel, or maybe maybe our double nickels guy can 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 handle most of this paperwork. But we'll <laughs> set up the double nickel dime thing, and you can create a minute minute. We, we do we like what we're really looking for, and there's a bunch of them out there. These 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 sysad men's these guys oh, who yes. their way around a computer. Yeah, and uh, and these guys, of course, will be, you know, in fact, the double nickels on the dime Minutemen should have immediately been all over your Twitter hack to uh, to save you. Actually, it was a couple of guys that... that of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, they con- I was contacted within minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> so it didn't get very far. Um, Dorian Pippa in Katona, New York, $50.33, something about, uh, I don't know... Ah, the preparation astounds me once again. Well, I know I, I have a note. I wrote a note down. It says J School Dash. This is I'm going to. This is a little segment we stopped doing. J School Dash screwed by Med System will go after uh, repetitions. I don't know what that means. Huh? Okay. Okay. Well, Specialgoodness.com. Uh, $50 from Canyon Lake, California. And what is that? And what kind of website is that? Specialgoodness.com. I don't know. It could be anything. I didn't look at it. I'll take a look. 
And then finally, I want to say, a, a sorry, Matt Chang, $50, was not mentioned somewhere along the way. And uh, he says, as far as the media is concerned and all news, our show is the only news show he can stomach. Yeah, well. That's a direct quote. And then I want to thank our producers. Are you sure it's specialgoodness.com? Yes, the special goodness. Oh, see? Uh-huh. The specialgoodness.com. Okay, let me check. Huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> boobs. Cool. Oh, boobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Good. So Excellent. anyway, uh, <laughs> so boobs and all, uh, dot org slash N a, uh, channel com slash N a, or, uh, this no agenda or no agenda show.com. And you can link to this and you help us out for next week. We're going to need uh, more donations since we're not getting any of the uh, founding producer stuff anymore. Although I'm going to, uh, uh, allow for something called sustaining producers for the stream. And then you can get Adam to do the DSC show, uh, which will be starting well, in two I'm, weeks. I'm, I'm gonna... I will have another uh, interlude finish this week yeah and uh, regardless uh week after next uh dsc coming back you know i don't by the way i need uh, some of the regular players to start sending in some stuff so i need a prolific programmer uh i need comic strip blogger uh, it would be great if i could get the nylon i need these people to send me some audio because i really want to bring back a lot of the characters who i know listen to no agenda um, but I'd really like to, you know, and, and I got some ideas. Also, there's a couple of interviews. I mean, we're really going to try and ramp up this stream um, with with stuff that I think will augment the program. Yeah, I hope it does. And by the way, I want to mention some of our, our schemes that you should consider. If you get a tax refund, you know, to maybe throw a little bit our way. If you break up with your girlfriend, that's the new one. Yes. Uh, if you break up with your girlfriend, send us the money and, and you'll be saving money. And you'll probably get a, either a raise or a job if you need one, because that's the common yeah, that oh, yeah, right. No agenda show dot com, org slash NA channel Dvorak and we'll be in business. And a reminder that the reason why we ask for donations on the show is because it's the only way we can actually continue to grow the program, grow, grow our programming in general. We will not take ads. It does not work. We cannot do it. We would not be able to speak our minds freely and we just we would not be free men. We might be dead poor men pretty soon, but we won't be free men, that's for sure. The fact is, as long as you want this show, dear listener, we will do the show, but you're going to have to uh, support us. And uh, we'll be digging away. I mean, you, a lot of people have to work for a living, and a lot of people have to do this and that, or a lot of people can't do what we do, or they don't have the screwball, you know, uh, uh, look at things. Uh, or, 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 the, or, the, or the guts to go out there and say what you really feel. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say that I really, truly believe in the things that we're reporting on and in the manner in which I report. I mean, a lot of people, like, make jokes about the earthquakes machine, earthquake machines, but I think I have shown that there is... You know, there's enough documentation, which I have to dig up or, you know, sort out that these things actually do exist. Our own government has been saying it. You know, know, there's one, by the way, there's one more thing that I think I, I think I sent a link to this. Uh, for the show notes, I, I don't want to get into a discussion about it, but this is another thing. But that just before this 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 guy got gunned down at the Pentagon, he actually one of his many things. It was a laundry list. He was again, you know, he was looking at everything. He started getting starting looking at that crazy Inns Law story about the uh, about the Promise database, which was in the nineties 
cause a reporter to be killed and people to disappear. And the whole story has never made any sense to me, and I've never been able to follow. But there is a link to a Harry V. Martin uh, article, uh, which is pretty much defining the whole thing. I don't think it's ever been more adequately discussed but it still makes no sense to me this whole uh, ins law uh, craziness which has something to do with god knows what i don't know so i've been uh i think i've made the call out a couple times and i've been uh plowing through a lot of the emails that have come in and the topic i'm about to broach is uh, I, I can't believe that there has not been a book about this. If you if you want an if you want the perfect topic for a conspiracy conspiracy theory that is so vast, so big that I immediately go, this has got to be true. Then it, it would be the Wanta the Wanta Reagan Mitterrand protocol. Oh yeah. And I asked people to uh do some research for me cuz there's really not a lot available, but of course it's because I've been using the wrong search term. What you really want to search for is the Global Security Fund. Now I'm not completely done with the research because it goes very very deep and uh there's very little actual reporting on it. But of course that's because the CIA runs most mainstream media and this is one they really don't want to get out. Just in brief, John, I'll tell you the story. Apparently, in the early 90s, but really set up by President Reagan, uh, <laughs> during the Cold War era, the United States, and, the, and, the, and I have to do so much research, there's all these uh, presidential declarations, there's executive orders, all these things that are mentioned in these articles that I have in the show notes at noagendashow.com, but I have not had the time literally to go and research all of them, but they they look pretty real. So, you know, it would be it would be pretty stupid to have published all these things and not have these executive orders be real or these uh, Supreme Court judgments be real. But apparently what happened is during the Cold War era, the United States set aside a fund of and and of course the numbers are sketchy. It ranges between several hundred billion dollars to several trillion dollars uh, set aside this fund um, in hundreds of institutions, uh, financial institutions across the globe. And the idea was that was kind of a rainy day fund to be used if we needed to either um, uh, uh, completely bankrupt the Soviet Union or to be used as kind of a Marshall plan if um, uh, if we went down the rabbit hole that apparently we're in right now. And this whole fund thing was supposed to pop open and the money was supposed to come back with interest in 2009. And um, uh, Leon Wanta was a treasury uh, insider. I think he was a, either a special advisor. And again, uh, this detail is still sketchy, but I promise you by Thursday, I'll have gone through all of these links. I said, I got to do some nighttime work on this. And he is the executor of this, uh, what is known as the global security fund. And, uh, the, the, basically the popping of this escrow, which by account should be between four trillion dollars and the number that's being bantered around is like $25 trillion, but some even as high as almost $70 trillion, uh, has been consistently held back by the, as it's quoted everywhere, the uh, Bush-Clinton crime family syndicate, because the CIA has been using this money to fund terror. In fact, 
All of these articles assert that Hillary Clinton is actually a special CIA operative with the with the code name the Witch, which I think is just so appropriate. Um, and they have not only been holding back this money flowing back into the uh, the coffers of the United States through the Federal Reserve, which of course is really just a clearinghouse, uh, but they have also been using it as their own personal slush fund to do whatever they want. And when you start getting into these articles, in fact, there's um, there's there's one. This is the kind of stuff that I'm always looking for. Uh, there's a YouTube video of a former minister of European Parliament, Ashley. I think it's Moat M O T E, uh, who uh, who actually goes into this. Uh, I don't think he's a MEP anymore, but he was in 2008 when he um, uh, posed the following question to the European Parliament. President, may I draw your attention to the Global Security Fund set up in the early 1990s under the auspices of Jacob Rothschild? This is a Brussels-based fund, and it is no ordinary fund. It does not trade, it is not listed, and has a totally different purpose. It is being used for geopolitical engineering purposes, apparently under the guidance of the intelligence services. I have previously asked about the alleged involvement of the European Union's own intelligent resources in the management of slush funds in offshore accounts, and I still await a reply. So to that question, I now add another. What are the European Union's connections to the Global Security Fund, and what relationship does it have to European Union institutions? Thank you. So I love it when you've got something like this, because it shows that I'm not the only kook. And of course, I've got this guy, uh, Ashley Moat's website, and uh, you know he, he'll, he'll be uh, expecting an invite from the Pentagon any day now. <laughs> yeah, invite from the Pentagon. Um, we, we need to have a chat. But the story <laughs> is fascinating. I can't believe that this has not been turned into a book and a movie. I mean, there's even assertions in here that uh, Reagan, of course, was the one who set this up, and they act you know, this talk of feeding him certain types of drugs, so he got Alzheimer's, so he couldn't remember that he had done this anymore. This guy, Leo Leon Wanta, was thrown in jail for 20 years. Of course, they can't kill him because he has the the Swiss bank account numbers, um, and it's all you know. Paulson's involved, Greenspan's involved. Uh, there's all kinds of executive orders. Um, there's uh, uh, some evidence that Obama actually has tried to help this this fund pop, but of course, uh, and this is where it comes to the global new world new world order um, uh, conspiracy theory. If there indeed is trillions of dollars of America's money that uh, belongs to us that has to come back, that of course would dramatically change the. Um, the crap that uh, that the economy is in, it would dramatically change the world economy. I can't even, my head hurts thinking about how it would change uh, the value of the dollar, etc. Um, and, and it goes all the way back to 1963. Indeed, President Kennedy, who I have to say, it sounds like he was assassinated by the CIA because what was the one thing that he wanted is he wanted to nationalize the Federal Reserve. So we're really on to something with Ron Paul wanting this audit the Fed or end the Fed. And it would be beautiful 
It would be beautiful if Ron Paul would come into the scene with something about the Global Security Fund and where this money is, whose money is it, does it really exist, and what has been going on with this. Um, and you know, I might write the book because it is fascinating, and I have yeah, to tell you, yeah, but it's sketchy. The problem is you don't have a book because you don't. No, the but I don't need the book. Hidden. Well, I'm, but I'm going to I'm going to delve into this, and I believe that the executive orders exist. I believe that there's already four trillion dollars, which was supposed to flow back um, through uh, Bank of America in uh, 2009 that was held up and of course you know we know the federal reserve is no good we know that there's a bunch of bankers i mean the stories go so deep john that they actually assert that this is the the so-called dvd the deutsche uh, what the hell was it called hold on i mean just this is fascinating when you read this stuff dvd is deutsche verteidigungsdienst as in the that's kind of like the german uh uh, well, it's, it's like the secret Nazi continuum agency of which George Bush Sr. apparently is now the big boss. It's just it, it's mind boggling. It is mind boggling. Do you remember the fire in uh, in London, the Iron Mountain uh, storage fire, which was in 2006? No, uh-uh. probably, I don't uh, remember it. Okay, this this I did follow the links to um, that fire apparently was uh, was. Uh, set to cover up a lot of the evidence of this financial fraud of this this global security fund, which is America's money. It's just it's mind boggling. I can't believe I've never heard of this before. When did you first hear about it? Maybe uh, like two months ago. But this really what all the all the postings are either from 2006 uh, when something was supposed to happen. Sure. Or, a, you, you don't think it might be a red herring? You know, uh, there is, you know, I've got one, two, three, I've got like six links in the show notes at noagendashow.com listed under Global Security Fund. Uh, help me out. There's also some Lexus Nexus postings. I mean, at first I thought, this is bull. You know, this, this Leon Wanta guy, he was like some kind of scam artist. But the deeper you get into it and the more these connections start to be made, and then you hear about this Pentagon shooter who's kind of on the same tip and talking about the CIA having taken over in 1963. You know, and then I, I read this uh, Family of Secrets about George Bush Sr. who says, I don't know where I was, but he was in Dallas and that he was actually a CIA operative at the time. You know, you connect all these things together and it is not beyond the realm of possibility that the CIA has, we've talked about the CIA wars that they have taken over, that uh, Obama actually is kind of a good guy trying to cut these guys, he has his own agenda, but he's trying to cut these guys out. And I've, for a long time, I've believed that the Bush and Clintons have been a crime syndicate running drugs uh, and have, you know, have completely, I mean, Hillary Clinton, she was the wife of Bill Clinton. She was a lawyer. Now she's secretary of state. Give me a break. Come on! What this it is pretty. pretty. I mean, that's not so. That's I mean, come on! She was just some woman. What, what you watch? You watch to see what Michelle <laughs> Obama. Woman. There you, goes our female listeners. Yeah, <laughs> but you watch what, what what Michelle Obama will become, right? She's just the first lady. You watch. You watch. So uh, no, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that uh, that there is a huge cabal, and uh, it would have to be really, really, really big for it to be. This hidden. That's the only way you can hide something huge is to make it just bigger and outrageous and outlandish. 
And I'm going to stay on well, we this. We should put together a reading list of the books that are probably something that might touch upon these things. And that would include uh, Legacy of Ashes, this book you just mentioned. Uh, so uh, Family of Secrets. Family series, the economic hitman, and there's another CIA book that I was reading. I just passed word recently that was supposed to be kind of interesting. Uh, Most of the information is probably in these books if you if anybody cares well, to read them all. Family of Secrets is really is good. So what? So what? What do you mean? So what? So what? Dude, if there's like twenty five trillion dollars sitting out there. And there's a bunch of yahoos. Well, I know, but don't you think that the, that don't you think that well? What I just don't understand. What the CIA? They're either running drugs, and then that's where they're no, getting they're, all they're, their. They're, they're, they're just running drugs to keep the funding going. That's all. But in the meantime, you've got this like the child welfare fund or something that two hundred and fifty million dollars. I mean, a billion dollars. I'm sorry. It's like it's all. Well, this talking about well, now that you mention it, let's go into some of these uh, clips I have. Wait, well, because- let me just mention one more book: Lucifer Dethroned by William and Sharon Snubelin. I have not read it yet, but it's on the it's on the No Agenda reading list for this week. But definitely pick up a copy of Family of Secrets. It's not easy to get. It's not available on Amazon. Okay, it's not an easy book to find. You have to go to an independent bookstore to get it. Well, talking about wasting money, uh, and God knows why, uh, there was a C-SPAN uh, uh, press conference with this character who is a Petraeus clone named uh, General William Caldwell, uh, who has the exact same uniform as Petraeus, which, ah, by the way... Uh, but, do, but does he have a Minutemen patch? I'm sure he does because he's got at least as many badges, chevrons, uh, uh, pins. He's uh, like the, NAS, the NASCAR of uh, of the New World Order. The guy's got, got like- the same crappy looking general's jacket with the with the oversized lapels that are that are <laughs> off of like a six buttons up just under your neck. And uh, he, so he's sitting there t- reading this very boring thing about what they're doing. They're get, there's a training session going on now. They're training these guys in in Afghanistan. There's two things I want to mention. One is this particular piece, which is a little lengthy, so you want, might want to interrupt it once or twice. Uh, but it's the it, the punchline is at the very end because it, essentially they're sending a, co- a couple of counselors to uh, Afghanistan, and then he says what the budget is for this thing, and I went what? And this so this is, is a, a general. This dip- is William C- Caldwell. I, let's see what uh, I know what, what it's called. Here it comes. Hit it. First of all, let me just say on behalf of the NATO train mission, I appreciate the opportunity he today to this. just give you a quick update. We are. He's got a billion buttons and pins. Remember that. <laughs> and he had a big keychain when he was a kid. I'm telling you, it was a hall monitor. That's what these. <laughs> if you look at the hall monitors in your school, kids, that's the future of your security forces. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not talking about all servicemen and women, just the dipshits that run it. First of all, let me just say on behalf of the NATO train mission, I appreciate the opportunity today to just give you a quick update on where we are. Just over 100 days ago, uh, the NATO training mission in Afghanistan activated inside of Afghanistan, and I was given the fortunate opportunity to serve as its first commander. So we've been in existence, to be exact, 102 days today. Uh, a decision made last exactly. June here in NATO to uh, form this command uh, to represent all the different entities that have something to do with the training, the education, and the development of the Afghan National Security Forces. 
Forces. Uh, it's a combined organization. We have over 20 different nations uh, associated with this, with members part of our organization within Afghanistan. We have another 26 nations that contribute in some shape or form in kind with either monetary contributions or um, donations <laughs> of equipment or other. Wow, you know what he sounds like? He sounds just like these guys. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. <laughs> In kind with either monetary contributions or um, donations of equipment or other type of activities. We're made up of both NATO and non-NATO entities. We're military, we're police, and we're civilians. We have different national police officers from countries such as Italy, France, the United Kingdom, Canada, Spain, and others. Yeah, but not the lowlands because the Netherlands pulled out and their government tripped over their own shoelaces because of it. Each of these are contributing to both force generation and capacity building. Uh, we do mostly instructing and advising. Those are our two primary. Uh, advising. Oh, instructing yes. and advising. advising. Oh, yes. Okay. They're like uh, SEO consultants. They just come yeah, in and exactly. advise. Advising, yeah. Very functions. We, we serve as instructors and advisors in helping build the Afghan National Security Forces. When we say the Afghan National Security Forces, we're talking about the Army, the police, the Army Air Corps, the medical facilities associated with those entities, the logistics facilities associated with those entities, and we also do infrastructure development. Um, we also are responsible for, uh, and indirectly, um, it's an organization which I'm dual-hatted as, called C. Dual-hatted as? Yes, he's a dual headed. Yeah, does he have a pin for that organization? Probably. Let's find out. Sticker: the Combined Security Transition Command Afghanistan, which has Combined Transition Security Command Afghanistan. Combined Transition Sticker. <laughs> Did he actually sticker. say that? Sticker for your butt. Sticker. <laughs> Called C Sticker, the Combined Security. C Sticker. See this sticker I got here? That's my C Sticker sticker. That's what it's for. Called C Sticka, the Combined Security Transition Command Afghanistan, which has been in existence for many years. Yes, before the war, actually. <laughs> but it has ministerial development. So we help develop the systems inside the Ministries of Interior and Defense. Oh, yes. We want total takeover. Uh, our budget that we operate with is right at about probably um, just under $1 billion U.S. dollars per month. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? 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 He yaks and yaks and yaks, and then he drops that bomb. Wait, Everybody's I, asleep by then. I gotta hear that again. Billion U.S. dollars per month. Oh, wait, wait. Let's just hear him say that. Our budget, um, just under one billion U.S. dollars per month. Oh my God! You know this is a perfect. This is perfect time. Perfect time to play. I got a clip here. Oh my God. One billion dollars a month. That, yeah, that, that, so they can advise. A, a billion. Uh, I mean, my my mouth is falling on the floor. Unbelievable, isn't it? A billion dollars a month. Wow. Let me see. I have. A, let me see if I can find this. That's clip. what I call a budget. And it's going to be delivered by that guy there. That's the guy who gets to spend it all. I get to spend the money. He sounds he sounds like the stapler guy, doesn't he? A little bitty, almost. 
I'm I'm looking for this uh, this clip from uh, here. It is Dennis Kucinich, and he really hammers this point home about this billion a month. Listen to this for a second. Washington has a lot of money. By the way, I like it that he has kind of the same voice as that guy. It has trillions for war, but no money for housing. Money for war, but no money for health care. Money for war, but no money for education. Money for war. No money to rebuild our cities. Well, I got to do a mashup here. The Ministries of Interior and Defense. Uh, our budget that we operate with is right at about probably um, just under one billion U.S. dollars money per month. Jobs, but money for war. The Democrats took control of the Congress in 2006, where they promised to end the war in Iraq, and it's not enough. For this administration to slow walk the end of the war, which could continue for years to come. And it's not enough for a democratic administration to escalate a war in Afghanistan at a time when there's no clear objective and no end in sight of the contribution of blood and treasure to a region which has never been conquered by any foreign country. You got to take a look at this Kucinich clip. He's actually uh, he's introducing a priv- a privileged resolution. I guess somehow that's almost like a referendum and uh where Congress uh can end the war, which of course is illegal in the first place because I don't believe Congress actually voted to go in and uh No, they never declared war. There's no war. Right. So uh hey, isn't that like illegal? Uh, it's apparently not. <laughs> no, but I don't see anyone getting thrown in the slammer. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. So let's play. Uh, now, here's another thing about this Afghanistan thing that kind of gets me. If uh, you had the ta- one of the great Taliban leaders in uh, Marja. Yeah, where we're, where, where, we, where we're guarding the poppies. We're, we're guarding the poppies. And he's standing in front of you bitching about one thing or another. Wouldn't you just shoot him? If he's bitching? Well, I mean, he's standing there and he's talking to you and you're like a soldier, let's say a general. And uh, he's the leader of the Taliban, one of the Taliban groups, and he's moaning and groaning about something or other. What, what, what is he? Why don't you get grab him or something? Yeah, we got to grab him and waterboard him. Well, here's the question. I'm. There's a very interesting. There's a general. Now, this guy, by the way, is a man's man. He doesn't wear the, the, the you know, the, the, the that crazy uniform. Well, he he, he must be a Marine. Then. He must be a Marine. Hello. Uh, he's Brigadier General Marine mm-hmm. Lawrence Nicholson, and he's wearing his fatigues, and he's talking like this. And by the way, I want to do a, sh- a couple things on the next show that we do about uniforms, because let me, before I do this, I'll ask you, a, I'm going to give you a quiz. I want you to describe to me, tell me which, if it's Army or Navy, I'm going to describe the uniform, I'm going to describe two uniforms, and I want you to t- tell me which one's Army and which one's Navy. Uniform number one, black shoes. Black pants, khaki short sleeve shirt. Army. Uniform number two. Army. Uniform what? number two. N- uniform number two. Black shoes. Navy blue pants. White short sleeve shirt. Marines. The one I just described: blue pants or navy blue pants, black shoes, white shirt, short sleeve. Army. Huh. The one I described earlier was navy. Huh. 
They've changed all the uniforms, and the Army uniforms are so faggy. No offense to anybody who doesn't take that term the right way, but I mean they're just crap that they are um, – nobody wears them. If you ever see Army guys floating around, they're wearing their fatigues or wearing some camouflage or they're wearing anything but these uniforms. If I wanted to take the uniform even further, it's a, it's a navy blue pants, a stupid-looking white shirt that looks very much like the guy in Falling Down, Michael Douglas, <laughs> wearing it with a pin in the pocket. Who, of I'm course, telling you, it's on, it's on the Army site. There's a pin in the pocket. It's a short sleeve white shirt, and you're wearing a beret. So you either look like a French screwball or they've cheapened the Green Beret Rangers hat, and so everyone wears them now. There's no more of the uh, so-called the cunt cap, and uh, the, the, the outfit looks terrible. So the, all the Army guys, you've never seen anyone wearing this uniform because it's embarrassing. All right, let's get to this Marine. This is Brigadier, Brigadier, Brigadier General Lawrence Nicholson. All right. Yeah, I had a great show the other day. Um, I, w- I was in City Market, I think, on day five like or Balmer six. And, and there were- What's that? He sounds like Balmer, Steve Balmer. <laughs> developers, developers, developers. All right. There were 40 or 50 elders that showed up, uh, and, and they were one of the first guys uh, to make any kind of appearance because everyone had pretty well been locked down in their houses. But uh, in the middle of sure, this fellow stood up, and this was reported uh, somewhere, but uh, individual stood up and said, uh, he pointed at the Americans and said, hey, I like the Americans. The Americans built Marja. Uh, and, and I took- What? They built Marja? That's what he says. Yeah, it's for the poppies. Trust the Americans. And then he pointed to some Afghan uh, leaders and said, but, but I, I don't trust you uh, because in the past, uh, you know, you've you've represented a, a failed and, and corrupt government. Uh, you know, my word's not his, but but essentially that was the theme. And then he said, I'm a Taliban. I'm a Taliban leader. And we're all Taliban here. And then he said uh, the, the, the amazing thing was he pointed at the Afghan leader and said, I'm going to give you a chance, and you have a limited amount of time to prove to me that you're not the old government. Because I think one of the great talking points right now of of the new Afghan government that's coming into Marja is, hey, we're not the guys from three, four years ago. Uh, We're different. And, and you need to give us a shot. You need to give us a chance to uh, to earn your trust. So I, I think that's a positive. But that's why I'm, I'm so very impatient that we've got to get in here and, and we've got to start demonstrating uh, and earning that trust. I found All right. Okay, now that was mixed. I consider this a mixed message because this is this guy's obviously not towing some Pentagon line. He's just telling these stories that he's in the field from the he field. Even he says the talking points. Yeah, he is there now, uh, and it's, this is a long connection. So he gives mixed message number two, where he goes on and, just, and has another anecdote, which is rather peculiar. And it's uh, it, it just nothing that we've heard. We didn't hear about this four years ago being some sort of a fiasco. I mean, we knew it was a fiasco overall, but we didn't know about this sort of thing. And the Taliban's relationship to everybody is, is, is all, you know, we're not... Th- this guy's got a different story to tell for some reason. He's a brigadier general. I am sure he's going to get chewed out for this. And this particular message, number two, I'm sure will we'll put the, is the icing on the cake. Yeah, no, great, great question. I, I just want to be clear, and maybe I wasn't clear on one piece. There has been no police. Uh, there have been no police in Marjorie for the last many years. What? We built that place without police. 
Um, so it's not a question of coming in here and, and, and trying to get the old police out. Uh, the old police were driven out, frankly, by the locals and, and, and the locals probably working with the Taliban. And this is, you know, probably what is so important here to understand is that uh, back to my opening statement is, is that the population voted and they chose the Taliban and they chose the Taliban because uh, a couple of years ago they felt that the police and, and the government that represented them did not serve them uh, well and, <laughs> and was was probably uh, uh, corrupt. And, and uh, uh, so I, I, I really feel that uh, we have that opportunity now to bring in new police, bring in fresh police uh, after they're trained and after they've been vetted. Right now in Morgia, we have 600 ANCOP, which are the That's national good Yeah. Yeah. So well, have, we ever, have we heard this narrative anywhere? Well, yeah, on no agenda. Well, we, I mean, come yeah, on. I mean, we, we know that the Taliban actually like had decimated the poppy fields. There's like everyone, everything's under control. Yeah, they had some weird, weird ideas about stuff, but that's not my problem. Okay. We got enough problems. Anyway, I found the whole thing to be disturbing. But uh, this general is going to have his, uh, he's going to end up losing a star or something, I think, because this is not the Pentagon talking points. No. He's a, how many stars does he have? Is he He's a, a brigadier. I think that's three, three stars, something like that. I think that. it's three. I'm not sure. Let's take a look. And now, back to real news. Yes, this comes from uh, Gibbo Nation East. Um, McDonald's has received a seal of approval and, uh, and a badge and a logo in New Zealand for their Chicken McNuggets from Weight Watchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weight Watchers actually has branded the Chicken McNugget, McNuggets as a healthy choice uh, down there in New Zealand, which I think is Looks just, like the Brigadier General, by the way, is a one star. I'm just going to move ahead with a couple other things because I'm, I'm really... By the way, I would like to say that John and I have nothing against uh, the men and women who serve in our armed forces, um, at least not these crazy people who seem to be running them. Uh, we've got a lot of people in the service uh, who email us, contact us, give us uh, inside information. There's some horrible things. We got one listener uh, who emailed me. You know, he can't even. He, he was moved from uh, Iraq and he had to go back for a second tour, and he'll be going to Afghanistan. And his wife was pregnant; she had to move house without him. And uh, they won't even uh, send some of the the troops, some of the guys back home over to help her out with a move. I mean, they, they treat him like shit. It's crazy, just freaking crazy. Um, Switzerland, a leading condom manufacturer, has created a condom called the Hot Shot, which is uh, extra small for and targeted specifically for boys twelve and up. <laughs> and it's called the hot shot, which is my favorite. And of course, this is coming from the Swiss AIDS Federation, who campaigned to have the the condoms made available. The hot shot made for your little weenie. It's nuts. It's just it's completely nuts. Now the thing that uh, did you see this Bill Gates at TED? This has been circulating for the past week. People are going crazy about this. Did you see him? Uh, what, is this the newest one, or is this the one about the mosquitoes from no, a while back? No, no, no. This is the newest one. This is about uh, you got to. I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to uh, let me just get this uh, set up to 55 seconds. That's where it starts. 
And uh, I'm just going to let you listen to it, and then you tell me if you didn't hear what I heard when Bill Gates uh, Over 26 talks. billion tons. Uh, for each American, it's about 20 tons. He's talking about CO2. Uh, people in poor countries, it's less than one ton. It's an average about five tons for everyone on the planet. And somehow we have to make changes that will bring that down to zero. It's been constantly going up. It's only various economic changes that have even flattened it at all. So we have to go from rapidly rising to falling and falling all the way to zero. This equation has four factors, a little bit of multiplication. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. Did you hear what I heard? Yeah. He said if we do a really good job on vaccines, we can lower the amount of people. Yeah, that's what he said. Did, did, I, did I hear that wrong? Did I, am, I mis, am I misunderstanding something? Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be exactly the opposite? If you do really good on vaccines, won't people live? Uh, it would seem so, yeah. Well, he's got some cockamamie thought that if you if people are vaccinated, then they won't have the, the... He believes, and I said this before, it gets misinterpreted a little bit, although I, maybe oh, it's please. not. please. How can I misinterpret that? He says it quite clearly. We have to lower he the amount of people. He says that if you get people vaccinated, then they won't want to have... Then people will live longer, so they won't have so many kids. Because the only reason they're having so many kids is not because they like kids, it's no. because they... No, it's, it's because they don't have they're the, dying off on them. They have to make more kids. No, it's because they don't have the hot shot condom. That's why. That's what you need. Yeah, sure. Of course, Bill Gates now in his Gulfstream can fly around, you know, and hang out with uh, Gore, uh, Gore and the rest of them. It's the old, you know, you know, I'm in the submarine, you know, shut the hatch, dive, you know, who cares what else, you know, screw everybody else uh, is a very annoying uh, characteristic. Under the. Um Elites heading. There's some. There's more. You know, I'm I'm trying to step away from it, but it's so hard. It keeps getting thrown in my face. These pedophiles running the world. Uh, there's this kid in uh, in the UK. I think it was in. Uh, oh, let me see. It's probably in the article here. Ten or twelve years ago, there were these two boys, these ten year old boys, and they killed a two year old. And uh, one of those names is John Venable. This was the front page news in Gitmo Nation East yesterday and today. And uh, he and uh, some other kid killed this two-year-old kid named James Bulger. Yeah, I, mean, I was living over here, so I kind of remember that. Um, so they, uh, they after like, uh, I don't know, like seven or eight years, because, you know, they were convicted when they were 10. Uh, after seven or eight years, they were let go. And they just pulled this kid back, one of these two kids, and threw him back in jail, uh, saying that, oh, you know, he was on drugs and doing weird stuff. And, uh, and when you read between the lines, it sounds to me like this guy was about to pop some news about, you know, more sex 
you know, child child sex rings or some shit like that that's going on. And of course, you know, of course, uh, the uh, the government won't tell anyone why they've re- why they've rearrested him and have thrown him back in jail. And right along with that comes, uh, you remember Madeleine McCann, the girl who was uh, abducted in uh, Portugal. Yeah, right. McCanns. So uh, wow, when you read through this. This and you've just got to go through it yourself uh, in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, but there's so many connections to high ranking government officials that are involved in this case, it, your mouth will drop open. It really, and again, I'm more afraid of talking about this than anything. So I will post the links. We really try to do a good job on these show notes, so you can take a look at that yourself. But man. There's some bad shit going on in the world, John. There's really nasty stuff. It's just, it's just it's bad. It's just bad, and it frightens me somewhat. I'm glad I don't have small kids anymore. Really, it's frightening me. Hey, I listened anyway. to uh, Dvorak Horowitz unplugged, and uh, I, th- I thought you guys were actually uh, onto something pretty good about uh, about Greece being a scam. About the whole, uh, yeah. you know, was this just a scam to to sell bonds? Was that was that what was going on? Because like, we don't know the we don't know the root of it yet, but it has something to do with uh, your your buddies over there at uh, Wall Street. What's the name of that company? Uh, uh, Goldman, you've heard their Goldman name Sachs. Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. So they is, so a bond was issued. It's oversubscribed. So of course that's going to be a huge windfall. Uh, at the at the same time, um. There's, you know, this is probably going to, so they've got these, what they call, what is it, austerity measures, which essentially means, uh, well, this happened in the Netherlands a couple while, a couple years ago. And of course, in Gitmo Lowlands, no one really protests about it. It's like, well, you know, they, they take your pension money. And how do they do that? By saying, well, we've all got to tighten our belts. So, uh, you can't retire until you're 67. Instead of 65, it's got to be 67. So they're doing that in Greece. They're going to do it in, in Portugal. They're going to do it in Spain. And that's slavery. And they're, and they're screwing you out of your money. They're taking away your pension. Literally two years worth. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. And you know, and of course, this is barely in the news. Barely. Yep. What can I say? So, uh, do some more clips. I'm getting depressed. Okay, I'm getting, my show notes here. are actually depressing me. Yeah, I'm noticing. Well, let's do something a little more interesting. We're at the end of the show. But we might as well do with a little local politics that are going to amuse people. First of all, uh, in California here, we have an election that's going to boil down to uh, the, the ex-CEO of eBay, Meg Whitman, <laughs> running against Jerry Brown, who is... Uh, He's been around like, forever. Who's been around forever, and I don't think he can be beat, beaten if he, if anybody wanted to beat him, I think he is a uh, mystic, and he can beat anybody. And he has enough uh, money to do it. He's he's loaded, right? He, well, she's got more money. She's going to triple the. And then, by the way, the media is going to push Meg Whitman as hard as they can because Meg Whitman has got the money to spend, mm-hmm. and they don't want the other guy w- winning. This other character, by the way, play the Whitman attack ad on her opponent. Yeah, I've been seeing this one around. Why we can't trust Steve Poisoner? Reason twenty one. Steve Poisoner gave $10,000 to help Al Gore try to win the 2000 presidential election. 
And you thought Poisoner was a Republican. Okay. Anyway, so there's stuff like that going on. So she's going to play dirty if she, if she can. But she's going to drop a lot of dough. And the media knows that they, they need the money. Yeah, of course. And so they're... So the media is going to push for Meg to get in there and, and fight it out with Brown, who's probably only going to spend about half of what she spends. But Brown is such a character. He, he was the original, you know, Governor Moonbeam. If he wins the election, which I believe he will uh, easily, uh, he will have been the youngest governor in the history of the United States and the oldest governor in the history of the United States. Will he uh, clear up our half a trillion dollar deficit in California? Uh, who knows? The fact is, it's unlikely. But listen to him. He did it. There's a number of interviews out there with him. But I just pulled a little clip from a Jerry Brown interview, which which shows you the kind of, you know, how, he has a peculiar charm. I, I met him a couple of years ago when he was the mayor of Oakland, and he's just completely disconnected from reality, from what I can tell. But he has this charming quality that that is just it's just hard to explain, and I just can't see anybody beating this guy. Listen to this. You darted all around. You ran for president. Yeah, that, you know what? That, that was a dumb move. I, I acknowledge that. So you've been uh, an office holder in California, I think, what, 41 years? Well, no, wait a minute. I did other things. Uh, not only did I go to Africa with Linda Ronstadt, I went to Calcutta to work with Mother Teresa. I've been in Japan uh, st- studying uh, Zen for, for six months. Very unusual, very healthy for, for egotistical politicians to uh, uh, reflect on their own emptiness. That's a very important uh, exercise. Yeah, uh, it's funny. It, it almost sounded like it went, Linda Ron said, yeah, I banged her. Mother Teresa, I tapped that ass. That's exactly <laughs> what it sounded like. like, it I, sound I, like I, I nailed her. Hey, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. Oh, by but, the way, uh, Bob Geldof was on uh, on the news this morning uh, calling in from Nairobi, dude, about the whole, uh, you know, the money from Live Aid going to Rebels. He is pissed off. He's yelling and screaming and not a shred of evidence. And the BBC stands by their story. And, oh, that thing's going to get out of hand. It's great. Oh, good. Yeah. So I just wanted to finish with one last little clip, which is a boring reading of a new book on uh, that just came out. It was on books on over the weekend. It was about it's about this this one of the first and most important lobbyists in the history of the uh, United States government back in the 1800s named Sam Ward. And they talk about uh, how in 2000, it's actually was in 94. This is a typical of the, of the Democrats, but in 94, they, they screwed up the uh, ability for, for um, lobbyists to throw these big banquets. And I think it's kind of a mistake, but you know, just play this for a second. Is this Sam Ward? Yeah. In the 1990s, hearings into lobby activities confirmed that the social lobby was alive and well in Washington. So well, so important, and so effective, in fact, that dinners and entertaining were specifically singled out for special rules in the 1995 Lobbying Disclosure Act lobbying disclosure act that were tightened further in 2007 one can almost hear sam sputter with indignation upon learning that neither members nor their aides can accept free meals from registered lobbyists despite this closer scrutiny the so- is, this, is she in high school who, yeah who it's, is just pretty, it's pretty grim it's, it's pretty grim horrible. but let me let me explain something that a thought that came to mind during this uh i don't know about you but every once in a while i get invited to some dinner mm-hmm. and uh yeah and i always wind up paying you loser 
I get invited to some dinner. It's usually like a big corporate thing, and you sit either with the CEO or you're with some CTO. You're with, some, with a table of people. I usually I try to avoid these things, but sometimes I go. And you always have these initial impressions of some of these people, and some of them you think are boneheads. Some of them you think are jerks. But after when you're having dinner with them and drinking and eating and chatting, sometimes you guys will turn around. You say, "Well, this is a pretty cool character." Uh, you know, it might be the CEO who whatever, and you you get to know the guy a little bit over over you know a good meal at a good restaurant with good wine, which apparently was par for the course until 94. So, of course, you don't, you have to remember also in 78, they killed the three martini lunch, which was another mechanism, a social mechanism that was needed. And ever since then, if people always talk about the contentiousness of Congress, about the Republicans and Democrats hating each other and trying to pull all this stuff, they don't socialize with each other anymore. So nobody knows anybody. It's just a bunch of strangers or people in two different clubs, or it's like two football teams. And I think that, I think they should loosen up these rules, including the three martini lunch, and they should go back to letting lobbyists throw money away and the rest of it, because I think the way things are going now, it's, it's just an absolute disaster. And I think this is part of the reason why it's got nothing to do with you buying dinner. Yeah, clearly. Anyway, that, that, that's my thought of the day. <laughs> it's not a, it's not, not worthy of a pet peeve, but I'll give it your thought of the day. Yes, All it's right. not quite a peeve. So uh, let me just tell you the stuff that we actually could not get to today because, uh, well, we need to do three shows and we need to quit our day jobs. Here are just a few of the things uh, that you will find in the show notes, but undiscussed on the program. And by the time Thursday rolls around, we'll be on to other stuff. So it'll be great to be able to do another show somewhere in the meantime. We have uh, some inside dirt on the uh, International Olympic Committee uh, and how corrupt they are. Huge, something I actually do want to try and get on along with the go, the, the global, uh, uh, security fund is, uh, this Canadian water scandal, which, uh, which involves nine judges who have received, uh, two to the head or have died of other, uh, in, in other mysterious, um, circumstances. Um, a woman who, uh, killed her husband, who, and the woman is a lobbyist. That's also interesting, kind of uh, ties into what you were talking about. A whole bunch of stuff from Gitmo Nation, East of the United Kingdom, which is without a doubt the model of where the rest of the uh, United States of Europe is headed with um, RFID chips and two and a half million trash cans. So, so uh, the, uh, the council can uh, fine you if you don't throw out the right things in the right bin. Uh, police in the UK being outfitted with mobile fingerprint scanners. Of course, uh, uh, teachers having to report on kids when they uh, say nasty things um, on the playground. The teachers have to report them into a government database. We have uh, the kid who used his finger to point at someone and said bang, and then he was uh, immediately uh, uh, for he was expelled, suspended, right? suspended. Uh, Dutch internet wiretaps, uh, just fantastic, uh, article from the standard, uh, to let you know how things are going in uh, the lowlands. In 2009, uh, there were wiretaps placed on 1.5 million internet connections in, uh, Gitmo Nation lowlands. I'll repeat that. 1.5 million internet connections, wiretaps, reading your email. Um, 
And uh, crap, man, that's just. That's well, I was also like thinking I might do it. something on those parking spots that are all now electronicized in San Francisco. Oh, is that, and also, by the way, that? the Canadians are changing their national anthem to be more gender neutral. Really? So that's that's a people. One one of our producers wrote in saying, you know, this is what they. So what do they do? They take this time off in Parliament and they try to screw with our national anthem. So there we go. There was also something weird about NAFTA. Wasn't there something about NAFTA that? Uh, yeah, we have to look into a couple of number of things. So we'll be back on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, slash na uh, We need our donations for the week, if you don't mind. And we do not ask you actually ask as much as the Southern Baptist Church. But the, uh, don't forget the Southern Baptist Church. They can. They're actually looking you in the face. With a with a bucket in their hands when they're asking, which is a little different, you know, when you're passing the bucket around than uh, we do, which is a virtual. We have a virtual bucket. Value for value is what I say. That's the only way to look at it. And if you find value in this program, then give us some value. And uh, we'll continue to strive towards making this our full-time vocation. I'm physically spent right now. <laughs> I'm absolutely spent. I'm ready to get up and take a shower and go to work. Yeah, right. All right, John. Uh, so no dinner this week? Uh, no, we'll have a lunch on Wednesday. Okay, lunch on Wednesday. Good. And we'll be back with you on Thursday. I'm very much looking forward to it. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation Lowlands, uh, under siege of the United States of Europe, in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, from the 17th Century Canal House Crackpot Command Center. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is shining and the birds are chirping, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday with early service right here on No Agenda.